Hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of Irrational Confidence, a basketball podcast created by three dudes who love basketball and, just like their favorite players, have the irrational confidence to let every take fly. Here you'll find weekly episodes on league news and transactions, team updates and performances, and fun debates on our favorite NBA topics. My name is Lino, and I'm joined by our hosts, Kaylin and Micah. We hope you enjoy this episode, and thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome in to another episode of the Irrational Confidence Podcast. My name is Micah. I am joined, as always, by my fellow hosts, Lino and Kaylin. Today, we have a very fun show for you guys. We're going to do... Some all-star recap, give our, our thoughts and opinions about what was a, uh, we'll say, controversial all-star weekend. And we're going to get into kind of what we're going to be looking for uh, post-all-star break from the actual games that are going to be uh, being played, you know, what we're kind of looking for for the home stretch. And then if we have some time, might get into some more pop culture updates, maybe a little Bachelor recap or some more recommendations for you guys. Uh, but before all of that, uh, I'll just quickly run through some news and notes. Um, We have actually had some significant news since our last show. Um, Probably top of the list there is going to be Jacques Vaughn was dismissed as the Brooklyn Nets head coach. If you've been paying attention to the Nets at all, it has been a uh, tumultuous couple of months. They have looked uh, pretty rough. I think they're well under uh, 10 games under 500. And uh, I think their last game before All-Star break, they lost by 50 to the Boston Celtics. So while I don't think Jacques Vaughn's a terrible coach, I understand that they kind of just thought a new voice needed to be in the room. And they hired a Kevin Ollie, who was, I guess, an assistant. From what I was reading, he was just became an assistant this year. He's going to be their interim head coach. And he uh, you probably remember him from like his days as the head coach at UConn. He was uh, their head coach for their final four team. And I think he got dismissed for like some uh ncaa violations nothing that really applies to like professional basketball but lino i know you uh were very passionate about the brooklyn nets for a time did you have any kind of quick hitting thoughts when this news came across um i think the only thing that is uh relevant to this is that the curse of these trades just continue to haunt them they'll never learn their lesson to stop trading all the great things about their team away and they'll continue to suffer but i think i was actually surprised by this just from the fact that i really didn't expect this team to be good this year and so to see them move a coach when i don't really see where the expectations were for mccall bridges led team with ben simmons and like dorian finney smith like all there's like talented guys on this team but as a roster it doesn't exactly make a lot of sense and their best score is cam thomas it's just like what what did you really expect to happen? And if the expectation was to not get blown out by 50, then that's perfectly fair to ask of your basketball team and your coach. Uh, so it's unfortunate that he lost his job, but maybe they'll figure something out uh, moving into the new year. It seems like they're uh, pointed to building a team around McCall Bridges moving forward, and maybe this is their first step. So we'll see what happens. Next up on the docket, uh, we had Mike Conley sign a two-year, $21 million extension with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, He would have been a free agent this summer, so this locks him up for another two years for them um, at, you know, not even $12 million a year. I feel like this is a great price for Mike Conley. It also gives the Timberwolves maybe a tradable contract if they want to try and acquire somebody with a smaller contract down the line. Uh, we had a couple buyout guys. DeLon Wright is headed to the Miami Heat, which I'm very excited about, uh, with Josh Richardson and Terry Rozier expected to miss some time. It'd be nice to have his added defense in the fold. Uh, it seems like someone Spo is going to love. Obviously, has a Spo has a good relationship with his older brother, Darrell Wright, who used to play for the Heat. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then our final piece of news is Danilo Gallinari, uh, who was also bought out, signed with the Milwaukee Bucks. And that uh, is probably what the Bucks wish was the biggest story uh, going on about them right now. But for whatever reason, Doc Rivers continues to be in the news discussing how much he either doesn't want this uh, Milwaukee job or how hard it is. It, it, there's just been a lot of interesting comments uh, from Doc Rivers. Kalen, I wanted to throw it to you on this one. What have you made of Doc's comments uh, about this job? What do you think he's maybe trying to prepare the fan base for uh, just what are your thoughts on all this this recent dog press tour 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely pretty hilarious, um, in my opinion. It's definitely heavy laughing all day. Um, but I think on another level, I think it's a little disappointing um, to hear Doc in this position once once again. And I think everybody understands kind of what he got him got himself into in terms of coming in midseason uh, to a team that had a lot of talent on it and a lot of expectations, but also, um, you know, had some flaws that uh, Doc Rivers is probably expected to clean up. And it's it's been it's been rough so far. Um, they've lost a lot of bad games. Uh, they lost to the Trailblazers. They lost to um, the Grizzlies with, you know, like two-way guys really playing. So pretty disappointing, but um doc has to like be a leader here he he like, he has to just do the best job that he can if it doesn't work out like that's fine go down with the ship it's not like you're some you know guaranteed favorite where if it you know if you lose and it's like very embarrassing for you and how could doc lose like i think people understand i don't i don't know why he needs to keep doing this but i think that like that loss uh before the all-star break to the grizzlies i think I think it was just a terrible loss, and it was very embarrassing. And I think that maybe he hears some of the chatter. Oh man, this, this guy's kind of worse than Adrian Griffin. I, what's going on there? Um, so <laughs> I really wonder what Adrian Griffin is thinking. He's probably Bro, like, I told you, I, I told you. I you said this. Adrian Griffin. You know, he went thirty and thirteen. They are three and seven in their last ten. They are on pace to go thirteen and thirty. And Adrian Griffin's going to be sitting at home like. How is this any better than what I was doing? It's crazy. It's truly madness. Yeah. It really is. And I almost wonder if some of Doc's comments come from like a place of guilt or something. Not to psychoanalyze, <laughs> but you know. I killed my boy. Yeah. I like he, my child. The whole coaching brotherhood probably feels some type of way about him like giving Adrian Griffin advice and then taking his job right. just a few weeks later. So I wonder if he's like trying to say like, oh, this is miserable. I hate this. Like this, you know, I didn't want any part of this, really. They made me do it. And it's like, that's, you know. Do we, just, do we know how much he got paid? Do we know that? Uh, $40 million over ten or over four years. $40 million over 10 years is crazy. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think it's $40 million over four. He got a four-year deal? I thought this was a, a cleanup job. No, it was, I th- yeah, I think it was four. I'd have to oh, look it up. But yeah, God. maybe like a team option on the end or something. But yeah, it was a multi-year yeah. deal. Yeah. Wow. I think it's through 2027. I don't know if that totals out to four years, but I think it's through the 2026-2027 season. Um, that may be wrong. We'll double-check um, for next episode, but it's still insane. That's the funniest yeah. part about it, though, is that you know he's doing all this complaining. like He's doing all this. I was like, bro, they ask you to go coach Giannis for $40 million. Like, Of course you said yes. We right. definitely understand why you would. That's way more money than you know going to talk about basketball games. So do it. But just go and do it, please. We don't need all of this. We're going to complain about the Bucks one way or another because you guys are garbage. Um, but, <laughs> you know, just accept your fate. It is It is interesting. Like, uh, comments to media shouldn't really impact, like, how you view a team. But I do lose more confidence in the Bucks with each passing day with the way he's talking. Like, yeah. early in the season, I was like, they have two top ten players like at their peak at least dame probably isn't now but you know he can get to that level so yeah they could beat anybody and like with every passing week i'm just like no like i, I don't think, think they can beat any of the series <laughs> like yeah i definitely picked boston so we'll see what happens um but that serves as a good transition point uh to talk about all-star because doc rivers a uh, coached at the all-star game with a three and seven record or whatever he has <laughs> so shout out to adrian griffin and uh, Joe Prunty. But yeah, so the All-Star game was this past weekend. I, you know, I can give you the rundown like of who won what competition, but I'm sure you guys are probably aware. And and I honestly can't recall who even won the skills competition. I believe Team Indiana did. I think um, so. Yeah. But, you know, there was a lot of uh, conversation stemming from this specific All-Star weekend about the effort of the star players involved. You know, is, is there a way to make this more enjoyable for fans. And and we kind of want to just get into the All-Star Weekend as a whole, this one specifically, and then maybe conceptually going forward, what we'd like to change or see, you know, have have done differently. So, Kaylin, I want to throw it to you first on this one. 
and you know we can get into the the deep cuts later but just on the surface what was your general takeaway from this all-star weekend um so just to kind of preface i I'm admittedly not like the biggest all-star weekend guy. I, you know, I love the NBA, so, you know, I always watch, but, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that it's like an amazing, like entertainment event, but it's, there's still an opportunity to, to, you know, to put on something that's, you know, good. That's at least watchable. And I just feel like this past weekend was like the pinnacle of what's been happening over the past, however many years, um, probably probably since the Zach Levine Aaron Gordon dunk contest year like that was the last time I remember like being like wow that all-star weekend was was incredible um so but but this was I thought like the worst it's been in a while um from an effort standpoint sure we can talk about that and just how some of this stuff is um set up I'm curious uh did you guys watch the celebrity game I missed it. I wanted to, though. It seemed like the most entertaining thing, but I watched Yeah, I watched the second half. Okay. Uh, I I didn't watch it. Every now and then, I'll watch it. It's usually like the thing that I will probably skip the most because it's people who don't play basketball for real. Yeah. Um, And what does it say that people are like, yeah, I was one of the best things. Just regular people off the street playing basketball poorly was one of the best events where we collected the greatest talent on the world. Like, what? So I think that is like a perfect microcosm of like, that's what what you could say about All-Star Weekend. Random people off the street missing shots and throwing passes into the fourth row was was one of the best parts. So that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, just to piggyback off of that, I think I think the issue with this particular All-Star Weekend, one, I think there's a lot of pressure on All-Star Weekend compared to any other sport. Like, I don't think people care about the Pro Bowl or whatever baseball and hockey do for their, like, midseason break. But for some reason, the All-Star has always been kind of like a very culturally relevant event. And so it's got a lot of pressure for something that isn't necessarily supposed to be the most exciting thing like this literally is a vacation for a lot of these players they just kind of take it that way um i will say that you know it's nice when these events go well and there's a lot of different parts that have to go well for it to actually succeed and be entertaining obviously one of the main conversations around players effort but i think that's just a facet of it i think this one went wrong in a lot of different ways from Mm -hmm. format to uh the level of you know cohesion with the event itself, like we missed a dunk in a dunk contest. Like one of Jalen Brown's like second dunks just wasn't aired because they had the wrong camera. Like that was bad. We can go for days talking about the announcing and broadcasting for this. Didn't miss much to be clear. Did not miss much. Then got the replay of like a very mid dunk. And it's like just all those things typically don't all go wrong in one season or like one all-star weekend. Usually like there's some cool stuff. And, you know, we've got Doris out there doing the broadcast or some funny people doing the broadcast or we've got like funny coaches for the celebrity game and or we do have some really good dunks um, or we do have that one every like three or four years, really competitive all star game, just the season where all the players hate each other. So they go at it. Um, But this weekend we didn't get any of that. And so it just turned out to be a very poor um, product to watch. And so. Hopefully, I don't know that there's much to really care enough to change, but hopefully we get a better one next year. Gotcha. Yeah, that's well said. And I'm excited to talk about this because there's been so much discourse about it. And I think you could go a lot of different ways. The way I want to start is for you guys is what we see in the All-Star game. Is that in any way a reflection of today's NBA? How does what the All-Star game looks like now how is that a product of the current NBA? Because I have a couple of thoughts on it. I think for first and foremost, so many uh, of the most elite players in the league are no longer asked to guard the other team's best player, which I think is smart strategically. But I think there's a, a lower expectation of elite players to play defense nowadays. So just in an all-star game, you're just on average going to have worse defenders 
which I think is the part of the all-star game everybody would like a little more effort from is defense. And then I think the three-point shooting is a huge swing. I think for guys in these games, it's, you know, if, if you're driving to the basket constantly, it makes everybody look bad because nobody's really trying to play defense or rotate. So it's easier just to shoot a bunch of threes. And if you look at these rosters, I didn't like go through them all, but off the top of my head, I really think it was Bam and Anthony Davis were the only two guys that aren't like good three point shooters on both these teams. So it's so easy for guys just to kind of take step backs and, you know, you can kind of look like you're playing defense as long as somebody takes a pull up three. And I'm not saying anything necessarily needs to change based off this, but I I think that does add to the product we're currently seeing. Uh, What do you guys think of that? Kalen, I'll I'll let you take it first. Do you have any reactions to that? Yeah, I think that I used to talk about how I thought the NBA was in very good hands in terms of the new guard uh, coming up. And I still believe that in terms of, you know, their talent and ability. When those guys step on the court and it's time to hoop, uh, you know, the, th- the things that they can do, like the NBA is as talented as we've ever seen it, in my personal opinion. But what I've started to realize is that the NBA may not be in the best of hands in terms of like just how serious they take this product and take their like responsibility to uh, carry the league on and make sure the product is good. I always talk about older players and their responsibility to speak you know, mostly positive about the talent that's, uh, you know, currently in the league because it's their job to push this league forward. Like, I love the NBA and I want it to be great. And a lot of times you'll hear, like, older legends, you know, talking down on players, talking down the way the league is. And I think that's pretty whack. Um, and, like, these new players, they don't understand their responsibility either, in my personal opinion. Like, the... I just feel like the the you know the, that Jason Kidd Allen Iverson era that you know when we were growing up watching the All Star games I just felt like they were more competitive because the guys they just cared more like they just cared more about you know their their job to make sure that this was a kind of a, like a fun weekend like um, you know I understand that it's a it's a break but. You know, once again, we're here talking about basketball players playing basketball. You know, we, we heard the NBA players saying, oh, well, it's a break. We don't want to compete. And, you know, people saying, well, they should get paid. I, I don't think that matters at all. I just think that it's inside of you. I don't know if you guys saw some of the comments that Anthony Edwards made about. Yeah, well, I saw his comments. That's so, so disheartening, man. I, I can't tell you how disheartening that is. Guys don't want to compete. Oh, all right, I, I think that about you and maybe a lot of other guys, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe there are some guys who, who like, would try if other people were, were, like, committed. I mean, it wasn't that long ago of that elimination uh, ending. People were competing well, at the end. So, um, yeah, I think it's an individual player, like, what, what's inside of them and how they kind of view what their responsibility is. And that's kind of how we ended up here. But what yeah. do you think, Lane? I agree with both of you guys. I think it's a multifaceted that, you know, and it's a group, uh, this specific all-star group, but also just in general stars in the league right now. I don't know. I don't really want to get away with the excuse of that. They can't. They're not as defensively talented because I don't even know that you need to be a great defender. We're not asking you to be able to, you know, switch on the screens or go over or go under at the right times. Like try to stay in front of your guy, use some of your athletic ability if you get beat, you get beat. It's the all-star game. It's, it doesn't necessarily matter, but, you know, the lack of the obvious lack of effort on defense is a little bit more apparent and what's so unfun to watch rather than the actual ability to defend. And a lot of those guys, while they're not the greatest defenders outside of like Bam and um, Anthony Davis, you know, they're still like, you know, physically capable of doing incredible things on both ends of the ball. And it's not like they have to go out there and score 40. It's just the all-star game. So the energy's there. They've been off for a week. They're going to be off for another week. Like they've got the time to give some effort for like 25 minutes. Um, I think the other part of it is that individual desire to play. And some of these younger guys, you know, they've got a lot going on. The league is very different for them than it used to be, you know, and while it's only been four years since that really fun all-star game with the Elam ending, uh, one of the things you notice is that a lot of these players were in that game, you know, Steph, LeBron, Giannis, AD. Um, the difference is these young guards, that was mm. Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul. 
<laughs> those guys, you know, those guys are going to get after it because all these old heads at that time were like very competitive. The relationships between those players we even see this year were not as, you know, collegial as it is now. Some of those guys are, you know, getting past the point of being super competitive with each other. Um, and so they're just kind of out there goofing around, which is fine. But I think it will definitely depend on the guys we have in the game and how much they decide to care um, game to game. Yeah, I, I'm glad you pointed out the Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul, because I was thinking about that as well, that I wonder if for a while, at least those will be the two last all stars that are elite point of attack defenders. And those guys are I mean, they could be regarded as outliers, because in my opinion, those are the two best point guard size defenders of all time. Like I mean, those guys are six foot six, one can switch, can go through, you know, get over screens, do the whole thing. And, and they're just both like hyper competitive freaks. And, and I think they really set the tone in those games. And, you know, I'm not trying to say 2020 was like, you know, like an Olympic qualifier, like where guys are trying to make the U.S. team or something. But down the stretch, those guys played hard. Um, and one thing I will really say. Yeah. One thing I will say, um, Kalen, you mentioned uh, Anthony Edwards quotes. One thing that gave me a little bit of hope was after the skills competition, Anthony Edwards was on a team with Victor Wimbanyama and, you know, Anthony Edwards shot left-handed and they lost. And they that was asked, embarrassing, dude. Yes. And they asked Wimbanyama about it after the game. And Wimby, like, he wasn't, I wouldn't categorize it as passive aggressive. Uh, I think he was being genuine, but he was like, yeah, I, I get that. Like, they're just trying to have fun. But to me, winning is fun. <laughs> Facts. And I was like, is this the next dude that's going to set the tone? Because, I mean, he's going to be in the All-Star game, you know, as long as he's healthy for the next 10 seasons. And if he's at the rim for 80% of the All-Star game and, and trying, like that in itself would make a huge difference. So, and the guys you know, on the other side are going to want to bring it to him, too. Like, yes. that's going to be something he faces the rest yeah, of his Yeah, it'll be like a dunk competition <clears throat> in itself. Whatever center is on the other side is going to want to try to poster Wimby. And so mm -hmm. that's going to just be a catalyst. So that's why I think there is going to be some hope there moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually it. Kind of goes into like uh, a point that I wanted to make about uh, the the younger guys. You know, this isn't necessarily their first All Star game. I feel like that they've been making a couple at this point. You know, Tatum, Luca, guys like that. And you know, I felt like maybe there was more incentive. I, I remember uh, Zion Williamson's first All Star game that he made. He was so nervous he couldn't even catch alley oops. I don't know if you guys remember that. He he, he kept dropping alley oops. Yeah. It was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and like, it was so clear he was just nervous, uh, which probably means that like he cared a lot about the game and it was important to him that he had made an all-star team and not only that but the younger guys are also higher in the standings than the older guys and i feel like it gives them like a confidence like like all right i'm not really chasing you anymore like you know i'm kind of at your level like you know when we hoop against you in, in the season like you know we beat you you may beat us may not so i feel like there's not necessarily like you know, them wanting to chase the older guys and maybe uh, the new crop of younger guys coming up, maybe once they start making some all-star games and, you know, the Steph Currys and the Kevin Durant are retired, uh, maybe we'll see, like, that uptick um, and people getting after it, um, hopefully. I'm just trying to be, like, optimistic. Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I hope for that as well. And, it, yeah, it could just be, like, a weird generational, uh, like, baton handoff point in the nba you know right. i mean that lad that old guard is really just on its way out mm -hmm. to still be at an all-star level and, mm -hmm. and a lot of them especially lebron steph and kd have like like outlier longevity to where most guys at that point in their career that they're at they wouldn't be you know they might get like the dirk d wade like last year legacy spot but they mm -hmm. wouldn't actually make these teams so um, now I want to get a little more uh, outside of the box, but I want to know if you guys have anything and it can be simple or way off the wall that you would do to change or try and help All-Star Weekend. And this doesn't necessarily have to be the game itself. It could be some tweak to the dunk contest or a new contest altogether. So, Kalen, do you have anything you would do to if you just if you were Adam Silver that you would put in place for next year? Yes, I finally get to flesh out my king of the court idea. I'm so excited to talk about this. And 
The first time I, I really saw like NBA guys playing King of the Court, it was years ago for uh, Team USA. They were just at practice. You know, like they film a lot of the practice and they'll post that stuff on YouTube. And I, I love Team USA, so I, I watch all that stuff. And I remember uh, one year they were just playing King of the Court. Like they were uh, start. Um, it's just one on one. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's it's basically one on one, and they start maybe like 15 feet uh, from the basket, like a mid post or whatever, and you just have like two dribbles, three dribbles at the most, and you got to shoot. And you know you're trying to score. Obviously, if you score, you stay on the court, and they bring somebody else on to try and defend that guy. Or if you defend them and make a miss, then you get the ball, and, and then you get to do your thing against one on one. And you just keep cycling out like it's quick. It's not like a slow thing, right? It's just quick. It's just two dribbles, make a move, and then shoot. Um, and it was super entertaining. It was the best players in the league. It, you know, it was Team USA. So it was KD. It was Chris Middleton. Paul George, Devin Booker, you know, whoever. It was all the top ISO score guys, and they're, like, actually playing basketball. Um, and I thought that was awesome. And I think that we can replace the dunk contest with that. Earlier, Lane, you, you brought up uh, the NFL, like the Pro Bowl and stuff. The NFL did something that took a lot of courage. It was amazing. Okay, the NFL players were not tackling. Rightfully so. I don't, I don't want to break my leg in Hawaii, bro. Like, my family's here. I just want to have a good time. Then if it's okay, fine. If you're not going to tackle, we're going to get the lineman out of here. We're going to play seven on seven. We're going to pull flags. It's it's better because the old the, other, the old product was, was completely unwatchable. Like the, like they would snap the ball and the lineman would just stand up. Like we're not doing anything. Just pass it, bro. So like they made a courageous change to to change something that had been there for however many decades. And the NBA needs to understand that dunking in the '80s and the '90s. The word that I always use is marvel. It was a marvel. It was it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that guy did a windmill dunk. Like, could you imagine somebody, like, explain, like, bro, you seen a, a windmill. He did, like, you seen the windmills, how they spin. Like, he did. It was amazing. Like, now any high schooler can do yeah, that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, Zion high school dunking tapes ruined the dunk contest. Like, we've seen Zion do the most amazing things. He was, like, 16. Like, so the dunk contest, and when people say, oh, there's there's more dunks, and they post these videos of, like, random dunkers, people who just be at L.A. Fitness dunking all day. NBA players don't have time to be practicing the most incredible dunks, bro. They can't do that stuff. And the, the the best players in the league, when the dunk contest was popular, were athletes who could dunk. It was part of their game, like Michael Jordan, uh, Dominique Wilkins. Like, some of the best players were dunkers. Our best players were shooters. They're Steph Curry. They're, they're Kevin Durant. They're, you know, the the guys who shoot threes. So I think that we should be focusing on more skill things like king of the court, like dribbling, shooting, uh, things like that instead of dunking because dunking is fine like in game you dunk on somebody it'll give your fans a boost give you some energy but nobody thinks dunking is like just super cool it's not tight anymore shooting threes is cool dribbling is cool causing people over like that's what's cool so king of the court replaces the dunk contest it would take a lot of courage but i think we can do it they 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 installed the the in-season tournament that took a lot of courage bro come on i'm 100 percent with you and next year is the perfect time. I had the same thing in my notes. Bring back King of the Rock. I don't know if you guys remember this. This King is like 2010s. Red Bull, King of the Rock. Rondo was the face of this one-on-one tournament that took place in Alcatraz. What? <laughs> I don't remember yes. this. Yes. <laughs> and where is the All-Star yeah. game next year? In Alcatraz? The Bay Area. Oh, we could bring I back the king of the rock. They could cut to after the skills competition, the six best ISO players in the world on Alcatraz, ready to go one on one with three dribbles. Wow. It would be amazing. Literally I'm on an island. I'm all in on this. It, I think if you could make it a point of pride for NBA players, they would get into it. Like Kevin Durant would care about winning that competition. Oh, easily, easily. Devin Booker would yes. care, and yes, like this would. is the yes. stars would want this. Like this is what they take pride in. Kalen, like you were alluding to, it's not about dunking anymore. It's nope. about the skill. Yes, and they, to prove if you could really bill it and make them believe, like if you win this, you're the most skilled isolation player. Yes. They would, dudes would be all about it. So I'm 100 with you. I think it's a great idea. I think next year is the perfect time to do it. 
Mm-hmm. The audiences would get into it. They'd eat that up. It'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I think both of those ideas, you know, are pretty much the same idea. And I was thinking the same thing. The only thing different that I would add is, you know, I also took inspiration from the NFL switching to flag football. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was just an incredible choice. And I think the NBA should do something similar, if not literally the same thing. Like, just have them play a different sport. Like, if they're not going to dunk, like, have them golf. Like, select, like do an NBA golf game. Do fucking flag football, I guess. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, like, it would – this is obviously just going to be a showcase moving forward. And so I w- wouldn't mind seeing them do – you know, we always talk about these athletes being able to play other sports and what they'd be able to do. Just have them run the gauntlet. Like, have them do an inning of baseball. <laughs> just see uh, how our athletes can, you know, excel bro, at other things. The NFL does all that, bro. The NFL does they they have their players golf on, on Pro Bowl weekend. They do a competition. That they do the, the yeah that, that little gauntlet, little run. That stuff's cool. That yeah, that's exactly like just have just do fun fucking, stuff. Have them run a forty, like hundred meter dash. Yes, really. I don't care. Uh, yes. so, yeah, do, if we're not going to be competitive, we can just be fun. Yes, we can do that. Uh, yes. The other thing I will say, though, is, you know, we're talking a lot about changes and a lot of things that uh, weren't great. We already noted that the celebrity game was pretty fun and that it's just a funny product, especially I remember when they had like Drake and Kevin Hart as a coach. Like that's just that was just funny. Like it's just an entertaining product the way they set that up. But um, I think the three point contest is still golden. Like mm-hmm. I think every, every year everybody's still just interested to see who can make the most threes in 30 seconds or a minute. And yeah. I thought this year was really cool because. There were several. One, there was a tie in the first round, like a four-way tie in the first round. Looked mm-hmm. like there was almost going to be another three-way tie in the next round. Um, and so I think you know they've got that right. I'm glad they don't do too much. The green floors were a bit much, um, but you know it didn't seem to stop them from scoring a bunch. And the contest between, um, gosh, what were their names? It was Steph and Sabrina, Sabrina, Sabrina right? Yeah, yeah, Sabrina and uh, Steph and Sabrina. That was awesome. Sabrina killed it, um, and mm-hmm. Steph, you know, showed us why he's Steph, and that was just a really fun contest. And so uh, they've got that, you know, figured out. And so hopefully they don't ever make do anything stupid like make a change to that because that's always going to be like something that people want to watch. So she she, she was shooting uh, NBA threes, right? That's right. Yeah, she was. was. She was. I believe well, it was with a WNBA ball, but it was mm-hmm. from the NBA uh, three point line. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's incredible, bro. That that that, that really yeah, is she, incredible. She got twenty six like that. She would have tied to advance in the three yeah. point shootout. I think she tied with Dame because I think Dame hit twenty six to win. Yeah, I think so in the second. <laughs> so yeah, if she so. just did that again. She would have just won the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> Sabrina. Sabrina is cold. She's super good. And and you know, shout out to Steph obviously for being game. A lot of guys would have been like worried about you know, like I think the whole. All-Star Weekend, you could kind of categorize as like guys are worried about getting memed. Like that that's like the whole through line of all this is nobody wants to try because then you could become Brandon Knight trying to guard Kyrie Irving in the Rising Stars game. And that clip of Kyrie making him fall was like in circulation for eight, two years or something. So everybody's kind of afraid to try. But yeah, the, the Steph versus Sabrina shootout was a really cool feature. Maybe the highlight of the weekend, honestly. And, and I hope they keep doing that. I think you could expand it. You could incorporate more players from the W. Um, I would love to see somebody like Kelsey Plum get in on it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's in the Bay Area next year, so you could have Clay, you know, participate as well if you want to do like a Warriors theme. But that, that'll that be great to keep going. Um, I have a couple uh, zanier ideas I wanted to throw out to you guys. So first idea, to me, the All-Star game, the good ones – almost always have to be close down the stretch. And I was trying to think of a way to like ensure that. And I was kind of looking at how they do the rising stars format now, where it's like smaller games to 25 with more teams. What would you guys think about taking the same amount of players, but breaking them down into smaller groups, maybe teams of like five or seven and having a smaller tournament to where you really only have to try hard till you score 25 points or something and then you can advance and you know maybe there's a bigger cash prize at the end or something but you guys think something like that would elicit any more effort from these guys uh it, it's tough because at the end of the day no matter what you do you just need resistance like you need people to want to 
get in a stance kind of mm-hmm. is that yeah. too much like we're, we're, we're afraid to ask for too much like uh, yeah you get in the stance kind of and maybe shuffle a little bit like <laughs> uh so i i don't know I, I think it's a good idea um but i think i, I don't know I, I just i just think you know we want to see the best players i made this point earlier we want to see steph get 40 but we want to see him get it on somebody who's trying mm-hmm. to stop him. Like, that's why it's cool. Um, so Yeah, I probably pretty much feel the same way that Kalen does on that one. Nice. So this one <laughs> this one is probably more of a liability issue. Um, but I was thinking about All-Star Weekend. I mean, I think most people agree it's for younger fans or new fans. It's supposed to bring new people to the game. You know, you get to see all the stars at once, maybe pick a favorite player, and then hopefully the rest of the season you're kind of following that person. And I was thinking, like, what do, uh, you know, kids really, or what are they interested in? And my uh, my coworker's son started following the NBA within the last couple of years, and he asked me a question that just kind of, like, froze me for a second and because you know he'll come in and he'll be like who's the greatest of all time okay who do other people say is the greatest of all time like normal questions as you're kind of like figuring out the history of the league mm-hmm. and then he comes in and he's like right now who's the top 10 handles in the nba and i was like i haven't thought about that in 10 years i have not like ranked like okay i would have Kyrie and then probably steph but because like that's not something that actually pertains to winning basketball you just kind of know guys are really good ball handlers or they're not but kids love crossover compilations Mm -hmm. so my idea is you get four or five guards whoever you want ideally like Kyrie, jama rant these guys that are really hard to stay in front of and you offer fans ten thousand dollars to try and get one stop and if they stop them from scoring, they win. No questions asked. A foul is you. You get one foul. And then if you do it again, you just lose. But we see these average people try their hardest to stop Kyrie Irving <laughs> from getting to the basket. So you have your effort. There's 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 an attempt at defense being played. And then you have your comedy and your fun because these guys are going to get embarrassed by the best players on earth. Um, what do you guys think? That's really incredible. They're definitely not going to do that because if they are too embarrassed to get embarrassed by their own colleagues, they're definitely not going to want to risk it getting locked up. Oh my god! Against some average Joe, so somebody just whips Jalen Brown just just embarrasses Texas. I personally need it, but I don't think I'll ever get to see it. Oh, it would be so much fun. That's a good idea. Uh, That would be really fun. I I will be worried about guys. Maybe maybe they still would want to go hard because I, I'm thinking you know it's so easy to like knock knees in basketball or True. something like that, and that would just be horrible. It would be or if so you like bad. if you like literally break somebody's ankles and then you know I'm sure you have them sign a waiver, but like yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna stop a lawsuit from coming down the line. Yeah, you, that's you, fair. you can't get your ACL torn from a crossover. It is no, no. possible. <laughs> No doubt. It's some 87-year-old man like buys the ticket. <laughs> like, don't make me do this. <laughs> um, actually, quick shout out. I want to say, you know, the dunk contest, I don't want to get into too much of how unfun it was to watch, but I will give a shout out to Jalen Brown, who I'm not always the biggest fan of and am pretty critical of throughout the season sometimes. I want to give him a shout out just because he was an all-star who participated in the dunk contest and at least like tried. I didn't necessarily like the dunks, but like he tried, he put himself out there. He wasn't too afraid of getting embarrassed, which I think, you know, is worth something. And, you know, we'll need more all-stars like him or people like Zion, like the guys that we want to see out there actually out there. He wasn't one of those guys for me, but him at least being that all-star talent, like, I just give some respect to that and appreciate his effort there. That's a good shout out. Dude, that that's like that that's something else about the dunk contest that people don't understand. Like whenever I saw it was like Kendrick Perkins and this point's been made a thousand times, people try and get on LeBron for not doing the dunk contest. LeBron is a tomahawk dunker. Have you seen LeBron's dunk package? It's not creative. LeBron's not a creative guy. He's a, he's a corny dad, which is yeah. it's cool. I mean we like that about him, but He's not a creative dude. He does tomahawk dunks. They're thrilling, like, in-game. 
coming down the lane. It's, it's like, oh wow, look at the. But it's not like a. It's not a trick. He's not a trick dunker. He doesn't do that. His hang time isn't really like that. Zion Wilson, uh, maybe he could. To be honest, Zion might be able to do a dunk contest and then do some some clean stuff. But he's, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like he's got it in him. But yeah, I, I, Zion maybe. But I just feel like a lot of guys like they, they they do a lot of dunking in game, but they don't really have like a crazy dunk package. Yeah, and I feel like people like that. Like, that's lost on people. That's true. Yeah. Another thing they could do is they could change the dunk contest to be like its own thing that only dunk heads like tune into. Like it's not even all star weekend. Like it just happens, and they shift the whole culture to be more like gymnastics based, where it's like all about perfect form and like articulation of the movements and like like Gabby Thomas type stuff. Like <laughs> you gotta you gotta hit those spins exactly on the dime. You gotta do exactly a three sixty or you're gonna get docked off points and they just yeah. turn it to this upper echelon competition. That's they really do that cheap. at like random timeouts, bro, for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just bring in some guy in a full length bodysuit and they bring a trampoline out and he just be flipping and he dunk himself inside the room. <laughs> <laughs> MVPs of the weekend? Yeah, so yeah, I'll I'll go first. Uh my MVP of this All-Star weekend was Scotty Barnes. Uh to me, <laughs> Scotty Barnes encapsulates everything good about the All-Star weekend. My guy was out there just having a good time. He made me laugh on 10 different occasions during this All-Star weekend. <laughs> He's such a funny but also like joyous person that, you know, I'd be so like old man yells at clouds like this is stupid no one's trying and then scotty would like throw a half court shot over his head what and i just doing? out laughing <laughs> he cracked me up all weekend and then in the all-star game if you wanted to like break down the film he tried the hardest of anyone in his limited minutes like you talk about getting in a stance it might have been like twice but he did and you know he's like trying to heat up the ball and then all his peers were like, what are you doing? And so he stopped, but he at least tried. And he, he to me, the all-star is supposed to be fun. And, and he was a ton of fun and hilarious. So that was mine. Kalen, who do you have? Uh, bro, you, you, you know, I, I was stuck on Scotty launching them half court shots. But what was, he wasn't even trying. He was, nope. he was so, <laughs> he, just he was just throwing them. <laughs> <laughs> what was bro, he's so goofy. <laughs> he's oh so man. I love Scotty. Um, Dude, I think my MVP of the weekend, um, probably Steph, just because I thought that that thing that he did was the most um, interesting. Well, I definitely think that they should. Uh, Mike, it was funny whenever you had brought up what, what was it called? Whenever you it was called the the shooting stars. Is, is that what it was mm-hmm. called? Yeah, shooting stars. Yeah, I, I forgot about that until you had said it, and I was like, bro, yes, that used to be awesome. I, and I remember because mm-hmm. uh, Tim Duncan was always in. They always had the Spurs in it every year. He would do it with, like mm-hmm. with, like Lisa Leslie or somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. That was always cool. Um, so yes, that was probably my MVP. And bro, real quick, just do my anti-MVP. It was definitely Anthony Edwards, bro. He is toxic, bro. He's gonna infect other players. I hated the left hand shooting. What are you doing, bro? You could at least make one of them. You're gonna do this. Like the, like the first couple were not even really close, bro. That was mm-hmm. embarrassing. And then the, the, the comments. I was really disappointed in Anthony Edwards, bro. He, he really seems like he's the leader of the too cool for school. Kids, like, he is he their is a distraction to others in the class. Yes, right? highly talented, but distraction to others. God, so yeah, disappointed in it. Yeah, my MVP is probably gonna be Kai Sanat. Shout out to him for. His, uh, let me see here. I had the stats pulled up. Uh, let's see. Oh, Five minutes played, four points, and nine miles ran um, for Kai Sinat. What I give him the MVP for is that people were actually betting on his over-under points, and that is just so crazy to me. Um, but what's awesome about it is that his points were set at six, and he only scored <laughs> four. <laughs> and people were betting the over egregiously for Kaisen had to score more than six, at least six points, and he scored four. And so if, I thought that's just bet on that, people have to hope in why at stopgambling.com. 
please, bro, get some hell. Oh that is insane. Like, I'm hoping that, you know, people will look themselves in the mirror after this weekend and make a change for themselves. So he's the MVP for me in that regard. Uh, my anti-MVP is going to be a tie between uh, Reggie Miller and Kenny. Um from the oh broadcast. my God, they were bad. They were, they were so bad. They have a lot of off nights in their regular broadcast, but dude, this all star coverage was truly miserable. I don't know what they were on. I don't know. They just had a bad day, but they just not only were giving just terrible commentary, but the way they would just repeat themselves over and over and over again during any given segment, it was like, you don't have to talk this whole time. Like, you can just. Let us watch the event. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. And I don't want to get, you know, just too much on that. But that was – they got to bring Doris Burke back. She's the only one who can fix this. Dude, but I knew it was bad because even even Ernie Johnson was awkward as hell. Every little interview he did was awkward. I was like, Ernie, yeah, this is your thing, bro. Like, this is uncomfortable. I, it, I, I just feel like the, the weekend was so bad. Like, I know y'all saw Adam Silver being like, oh, you scored a lot. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> he hated yeah, them for it. Like, production was, was just freaking. He was so uh, angry. That, that was that might have been the best moment of the whole weekend. He was like, "Well, well congrats." <laughs> he, was amazing. Guts, bro. he wasn't going he for it. He's like, "No, nah, I'm pulling." You guys wait till the next CBA. Yeah, <laughs> cook in this next CBA. Oh, we play forty minutes a game next year. It was oh man, cringe! So my, uh, I I put the anti MVP category on the show sheet because I thought Kenny Smith would be unanimous. I thought, yeah. uh, you know, Reggie Reggie can be grading at times, but he at least you can tell loves basketball, and especially with it being in Indy, there were fun moments with him talking about stuff. Kenny, like man. I don't know him personally, so I'm not going to go like too far, but he definitely impacted my enjoyment of this mm-hmm. weekend. And by that, I mean, he made me hate every time he talked. <laughs> Whatever was on the screen immediately was like black and white and sad music was playing. It was <laughs> so hard to listen to. It was and a lot of people were, were you know, making references about he might have been intoxicated at least Saturday night. But oh, even, Saturday night was it was oh, that was the worst. Boy. That was the word. Yeah. He said like some like problematic. Like, yeah, he said like problematic stuff like about Sabrina. Yeah, that whole Sabrina thing. I think it did seem like he was either misspoke or was misunderstood. As far as I think, in his eyes, he was trying to say like she shouldn't have been forced to like shoot what she doesn't normally shoot. Like it's like why is she given this you know extra challenge? Like why isn't Steph you know why isn't Steph making any changes to his game? But it all just came off. Very poorly. It was communicated. Yeah, and was really such an easy opportunity to praise like just, what Sabrina was doing. You could just be like, "This is awesome," yeah. <laughs> and keep it moving. And he and just can't. No he just—he literally can't do that. I don't know if there was a point this weekend where he was like, "That was great." Like I can't remember him being positive on anything. He he felt threatened that uh, mm. Sabrina hit twenty six of those things because that, that's why he yeah. was like, "Well, she well she used a, a woman's ball, so bro." Yeah. Stop. That's that's true point. That's that's a great point. That that internalized misogyny he just came out. Me. Yeah, he, he was he was getting cooked. Yeah. After the, uh, the after that horrible dunk contest, he was like, you know, somewhere, you know, there's a kid, and you know, he's he's gonna be the next. Shut up, bro. No, there's no kid nowhere. No, yeah. <laughs> there's no kid nowhere. It's crazy. <laughs> All the children were left behind. <laughs> no. All the kids were he was saying, he was acting like there was a dunk avatar out there that somebody was going to awaken. Dunk Jedi just out there with the force. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna save the dunking. Like, well, come on. It's like the scene. This is a weirdly deep cut, but I think it's after like the last Jedi or one of the new Star Wars movies. There's like a post credit scene where it's just, just this kid sweeping, and then he like uses the Force to like get his broom, and he's like, ah, there's more Jedi's out there. That was Kenny in that moment. He's like, somewhere out there is a kid doing hey. windmill dunks in his backyard. Go find him. 
Oh my gosh! Oh, all right, well, that was that was All Star Weekend for better or for worse. That was <laughs> that was it. Adam Silver here. Are please, please, please help help us. Um, next up, uh, moving back to real basketball, uh, we're just going to do some quick hitters. Um, each of us took a little time to talk about one of the storylines we're most interested in uh, for the rest of the season, and that that was really the only kind of uh guidelines that were given so uh open it up to you guys just whatever you're kind of thinking um kaylin i'll throw it to you first uh during the home stretch going into the playoffs what are you looking for um so i think the thing that i'm most interested in in this back half of the season is the golden state warriors uh they've been super interesting lately guys um they're making their push and i'm pretty sure we all figured that they would make some kind of of push i mean still like a you know a championship team so uh, they've been, you know, fantastic in their last however so many games. I, I didn't check their exact record, but they've definitely been uh, pushed up in the standings, and I'm keeping an eye on them for sure. They're right uh, behind my Los Angeles Lakers, who've also been playing a lot of good basketball. Obviously, I, I, you know, I'll be keeping a close eye on them, but um, just just want to see if um, uh, Steph and Clay can make this push. Uh, the <clears throat> tenth, uh, the tenth and the 9th seed, which is uh, the Warriors and the Lakers, they're. Not super far uh, from that six spot, and I would imagine that that this race uh, is going to get pretty close down down the wire. I think some of those teams are gonna, you know, gonna hopefully lose a couple games. I'm looking at the Kings. I'm looking at the Pelicans, uh, guys like that. Um, but we'll see. I, I think it's going to be a super tight race when it when it comes down to it, and uh, in, in the Western Conference. Um, but what are you looking at, Lee? Yeah, I think we already kind of touched on Milwaukee and some of the things going on with them, but I'll definitely be on Milwaukee watch for the rest of the uh, season and trying to see if this 13-30 and 30 prophecy comes true. I think I have a lot of struggles to figure out. But what I'm most excited to look out for is I'm going to keep a close eye on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, as you guys may have noticed, they have skyrocketed up to the second in the East. They are 9-1 and one in their last 10. And in particular, I want to keep an eye on a guy that you brought up um, – a few episodes ago, Micah, uh, in one Craig Porter Jr. Uh, it's just been, I was kind of um, brought to light on his story so far, and it's very interesting. You know, he just signed a contract, I believe, like a four-year contract with the Cavs. And this is a guy who played five years in college, apparently. Um, you know, he's 23. Uh, he was 23. He just finished his fifth season. Uh, he was not really very impressive in college until his final year where he led the team in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, like everything. And then he goes undrafted. Um, but after going undrafted, he like leads a summer league team. Um, he uh, wins a championship in Vegas. And then he gets called up for the Cavs and actually gets to make a name for himself. And I just love stories like that. And so I'm excited to watch him. Micah, I know you've been able to see some of the Craig Porter Jr. tape and you got eyes on it first. So shout out to you for pointing that out. But I'm excited to happy to hear that he you know, has a place on this team for the long term and uh, got to make it to the NBA. It seems well-deserved and seems to be a decent part of what they've got cooking over there in Cleveland. So Hopefully they can make a strong push to finish out the season and have a strong showing in the playoffs this year. Definitely, yes. Shout out to Craig Porter Jr., very fun player. And also, uh, like we referred to the CBA earlier, uh, let's figure out a way to get these guys that are undrafted or second-round picks better contracts. They're signing like four-year contracts for like $9 million. I mean, I know they're excited, but like their agents got to do a little more. Like he's good. He, you know, he'll, he could sign like a mid-level exception in a few years. So, but that's a side note. Um, what I'm looking forward to kind of observing is kind of the inverse of what Kalen had. And for me, it's the top of the West. I think it's going to be so interesting to me, the top four in Minnesota, Oklahoma city, the Clippers and Denver, uh, to me, home court advantage could really determine any of those matchups. I think all four of those teams are very good and, and could beat each other. There's some I would favor over others, but to me, they're all legitimate contenders, and I think home court advantage is going to be a huge component of that. I looked up the numbers, so the last two weeks heading into All-Star, I looked up the point differential for the top four teams in the West just to kind of see how, how well each of them were doing recently. Minnesota is the one seed. They're ranked first in point differential over the last two weeks. So Minnesota is still riding high, playing really well 
Oklahoma City is the second seed, and they were 10th, so still solid, not too crazy. The Clippers were 12th, so right there with Oklahoma City. And then the defending champion Nuggets were the 17th ranked team in terms of point differential over the last two weeks leading into the All-Star break. So I text our friend Jamal, who's on the podcast recently. This is his favorite team in Denver. And I asked him how he important he thought it was for that coaching staff and that team to make this push. And, and he, he personally thought it was pretty important for them to make that push. Um, but we were both kind of talking. It's like, how much are they really going to push their vets to try and jump these teams that have a two to three game lead on them? So all of that's just going to be super fascinating to me. You know, the younger teams have an advantage because they have so many live bodies versus, you know, the Clippers and the Nuggets probably just want to try and get into the postseason healthy. So I think it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. And the, the West is just incredible. The, the amount of talent from one to 10 is, is crazy. So it's going to be such a fun postseason, especially on that side of the bracket. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The the Nuggets have been a super interesting team lately. Um, I picked them at the beginning of the season to uh, come out of the West, and I, I feel like I'll probably be picking them again once the playoffs start. But, you know, they've definitely looked a little more vulnerable this season. Uh, I think they're on a, what, three-game three, three game losing streak uh, heading into the All-Star break. So that was definitely um, interesting. Um, I haven't paid attention too closely, but – uh, I know, <laughs> I know Jamal Murray's in my fantasy team. I feel like that dude plays like every other game, and then every game he's sitting. I, I, I never know. I, I, so I, I feel like his health may be a factor. Uh, but yeah, the different Nuggets is definitely a team. I think I'll be kind of keeping my eye on. They they've been they've been interesting, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people have pointed out, like you know, last season. Denver kind of had their their worst stretch of the season at the end of it. And so everybody's kind of off them as a title team, even though they were the one seed. But then obviously they did win the title. Mm-hmm. But to me, you know, they were still the one seed. You know, they had that little, you know, struggle at the end, but they still had the top seed. So it's like this is going to be different if they continue to struggle in their four or let alone the fifth seed. Like that could be really impactful if they have to go like against Phoenix and then maybe OKC right after that. And then the Clippers like that, that's a gauntlet if that's, that's what it ends up being. So it'll be really interesting to watch for sure. So we're nearing about the hour mark now. Um, So we wanted to do some pop culture updates. If you guys listened to the last episode, we uh, highlighted a couple things we'd been into stuff. You guys might want to check out over the all-star break uh, Lino, I want to go to you here first because we have a new episode of The Bachelor to break down. I know Kaylin has been very excited to hear what happened. <laughs> so please tell the people at home uh, what happened of note in Joey's Dreamland this week. Oh, man. Joey's Dreamland felt much less like a dreamland this week and much more like a nightmare. He had a bit of a breakdown to start the episode. I think the pressures of dating 31 women at the same time over the course of like 90 days really kind of weighed on him and he kind of had a bit of a freak out, but came back and uh, they're in Malta. Or no, they're in Canada right now. They were in Malta, but now they're in Canada hanging out, uh, eating French fries covered in gravy or whatever they eat up there. And uh, well, unfortunately, a lot of women went home this episode. Um, to start, I believe there was one lady who spent most of the episode, honestly, complaining and last episode, actually complaining about not having enough time with Joey and not really feeling noticed by Joey. And I think they were having a little one-on-one time and she was kind of bringing up her insecurities about like, I just feel like, you know, I don't get a lot of your attention and I don't really get to, you know, pull you aside very much. And when we're in the groups, I don't really feel noticed by you. And I think she was hoping for Joey to kind of like affirm that, that, you know, he noticed her and things of that nature. But Joey actually was like, no, you're right. I'm really not vibing with you at all. So I think I'm just going to send you home if that's okay. <laughs> and mind you, Caitlin, at the end of every episode, there's a rose ceremony where he gets to make that decision. Like at the end, like he gets to pick every week or the, like the ladies he wants to keep and the ladies he wants to send home. So for him to like be like, I don't even want you to be here at the rose ceremony. Like, you, could you actually just kind of walk into your car now? It was kind of crazy. It was like, it, Jesus it's Christ, the most, the most consistently <laughs> uncomfortable thing that happens on that show is 
one of the contestants is feeling really unsure about their relationship with the lead. So instead of like trying to establish better rapport, they're just like, I'm going to way overstate how I actually feel and hope for a good response. And nine times out of 10, this is exactly how it goes. They're like, whoa, <laughs> that is nowhere near where I am. You probably need to go home. <laughs> it's how many, well, I just have a couple of questions real quick. How many, con, how many contestants uh, start the show? I honestly don't know. Maybe 20. 20? I guess it would be 30. 30? Yeah. Wow. Could you imagine going on a show with 30 other girls and one guy and being like, I, mean, I just can't get your attention. 30 girls here, friend. That's kind of how that works. <laughs> but, yeah. but I also wanted to ask because though I don't watch the show, uh, you, you know, it's like popular enough. I, you know, pop up on my timeline. You know, that's been happening for however many years. So I usually kind of get a glimpse of the person. You know, obviously they're going to be like attractive or handsome or whatever you want to say. And I think I got a glimpse of this guy. I think it was him. I got to be honest. This guy was kind of hit, bro. Is this? <laughs> <laughs> he kind of ugly, bro. Is this what we fighting for? What? If this is the, if this is I don't the, think you saw the right guy. I mean, that I'm, might have been a love is blind handsome, guy. Yeah, um, he, might, he might be looking at the love is blind guy. Oh, okay. That, Maybe there's a love is blind guy. Yeah, I heard some crazy drama about that too, but I'm gonna pull um, up a live side by side so we could verify. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Now that you talk now that you mention it, uh I do remember people were talking about love is blind on my timeline too. So maybe maybe it was that's him. That's the guy. This is the love is blind guy. This is Jimmy. <laughs> I love this line for anyone listening. Okay. Yeah, no, that dude's hit, bro. I was like, oh my God. He on a bachelor, bro? Oh, oh my that's God. That's a lot of He, he dropped a pickup point. truck with too many stickers on the back. This is, let me see if I get it to focus. This is Joey. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that, that's about more uh, like bachelor quality, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good, okay. Good, okay. Good, 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 good. I was like, oh my God. They fighting over this guy? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so funny <laughs> bro it's kind of a no, duck that is, that is jimmy from love is blind which we also should discuss uh sometime yeah. i think we'll get new episodes yeah. tomorrow so yeah, megan fox thing was crazy i haven't actually watched it i'm actually not watching love is blind this season i'm categorically just i can't do it but i have seen some of the drama but oh, okay. you know that's still not the craziest thing that happened in the episode with um well, I guess yeah. that was the craziest one, but somebody else also went home in The Bachelor. Uh, so Lexi is this other lady. I think she's in her early 30s. And this one was a pretty understandable situation. I think brought a real human element to the episode. Um, you know, Lexi, I believe, has endometriosis, which uh, I don't want to even pretend I know all the details about that. But I do know it has an impact on um, people's ability to, you know, um, have babies. And so she's on a very uh, strict timeline as far as like when she'd want to get engaged and married and ideally uh, start trying to conceive. Um, and it was just they went on a date and he was, she was having a talk with Joey and they uh, just didn't seem to be on the same timeline as far as like he wants to be engaged for like two, maybe three years. And she was looking for maybe like an engagement and marriage within like a year, um, which both of those are very understanding from their like separate perspectives. But uh, after thinking about it, she pulls him aside after he sends Jess home. Um, Lexi pulls him aside and is like, I'm also leaving because I just don't feel like we're on the right timelines. Uh, and so Joe is like, dang, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> are the women that I actually want to date even going to still be here by the end of all this? Or are they going to leave? And so that was crazy because then he still sent two women home who I don't really remember who he sent home in the rose ceremony. And so it was like a total of four women left in like one episode, which felt like a lot. Hmm. Micah. <laughs> it was it you know, it was uh it, it was understandable, I think, from all sides. I, I think it made yeah. sense for her to get out of there. I did have the thought like this is probably the fastest way to get married is to go on this show. Um, but you know, it it's a game show and that, that was a real life. That's <laughs> a real life issue. Is that is that one of the there. things that people are looking what's the fastest way I can get married? It might yeah, it might people. be. Um but yeah, yeah, poor Joey. I mean, I feel like before this episode, he was just like the ha most happy go lucky, having a great mm -hmm. time, feel so blessed to be in this position. And this episode, he it got dark. 
he was like talking producers. He was like, people expect me to be perfect all the time. I'm not like, like he was struggling. He's so, having a full breakdown. Yeah. So that, uh, had that, a very nice date with Maria. Actually, they had a one-on-one date. Finally, that was for the most part, completely drama free this episode. And mm-hmm. they seemed to have a pretty good time. Yeah. And I found out uh, Maria was in the movie, the pacifier with Vin Diesel. If you guys remember that. What? Yep. <laughs> That's a red flag for me if I'm the dude. Oh, so you nah I, as a matter of fact, I remember I remember growing up and watching watching Flavor of Love. Bro, Flavor Flav, if he found out that you was an actress for real, bro, he'll he'll be like, Oh, so what you you just trying to be a star or something? That's a True. red flag. What's the, what's, the, what's the dude now? You said Joey. That's his name. Hey, True. Joey, my man. Watch out for them, bro. She want to be a star for real. She not True. here for you, bro. What I thought was really funny for that date was that Maria gets picked up in like a limousine, like this like old timey limousine. And she's like, no man's ever picked me up in a limousine before. And I, me and Morgan were sitting there like, yeah, I, I don't know anybody who's been picked up by a limousine for like a regular date. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not a thing that happens. Um, but yeah, maybe a little out of touch with reality, but that's what reality TV is. Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I will uh, to to close on our bachelor discussion this week. I was reminded that several seasons ago, when a Hannah Brown was the Bachelorette, they had a one-on-one date in Boston. And the one-on-one date was them going to the Celtics practice facility and getting to shoot around with none other than dunk competition participant Jalen Brown. <laughs> so it's all oh comes full God. circle. I don't know if this will come through well, but I'm gonna try anyway. They made poor Jalen Brown sit down and like ask her how things were going. <laughs> we see Ooh. if this will come through. Everything is going so far. Tell me how everything is going so far. He says, tell me how everything's going so far. Like, Bro, the things they make these basketball players do, I, I really, I, I think I would, I, I would, no, I couldn't do that, for real. Oh, so Show up and hoop. Um, but yeah, it's been another exciting week in Bachelor land. Cool. Well, I think it's a good place to end it. Yep. Uh, a little Elden Ring, a little Bachelor. <laughs> so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I believe, if my show notes are right, this is our 20th episode. So for everybody that tuned in, whether this is your first or your 20th, really appreciate all the support, especially from our family and friends that have reached out and you know listened to the show. We really appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, so on behalf of Kaylin and Lino, I've been Micah. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you all next week.